Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. I just want to start by reading you a very quick story of, of Macarius the Great and just touch base on it very quickly. It says of Macarius the Great passing through a village one time with some brothers, heard a young boy say to his mother, My mother, a, ch- a rich man, loves me and cherishes me, but I detest him. A poor man detests me, but I cherish him. When St. Abba Macarius heard these words, he was utterly astonished. The brothers said to him, What is it about these words, my father, that astonishes you so completely like this? The old man struck his chest and said, What a great mystery these, there is in these words. They begged him, Tell us. He said to them, Truly, my children, the Lord is the rich man. He loves us. But we do not want to obey him. Our enemy, the devil, is the poor man. He detests us, but we love his filthy acts and abominable practices and vain desires and the rest of his pleasures. So the story speaks about how God is truly the one who is rich, who is wonderful. He wants to give us real life, he wants to give us real virtue, real glory. God creates humanity with real glory. Yet humanity leaves that real glory and seeks vain glory. And as we seek vain glory, as the word implies, we're grasping for the wind. We take, we consume, but at the end, we have nothing. God tells me, I want you to be happy and joyful and to be virtuous. And I want to give you Everything, namely the Holy Spirit, my presence in you, that will lead you to live like this. This is what you're really seeking. Yet, sometimes we scorn at Him. And we do not want Him or want what He wants for us. We seek sin, yet sin literally sucks the life out of us. Sin is not only something that is poor, but it's something that leads to bankruptcy. So if we have nothing anymore, like if, if you notice, like in the beginning of, of a new sin, you'll find that like life is like coming out of you almost. Like you feel your soul is being bound, you're suffocating from sin, right? Yet we look at sin and we run after it. Exactly like this passage it says, the devil is poor, yet we love him and we run after him. And God who is rich, we put him on the side. The Desert Fathers also said, do not cling to weakness because weakness begets weakness. Do not cling to weakness because weakness begets weakness. Like laziness begets laziness. The more I'm lazy in my life, the more I tend to be lazy. The more I'm weak, the more I'm not willing to fight against sin and against the wiles of the devil, the more I find myself allowing myself to live that type of life more and more. Yet we see people in Christianity that are very different. 
So when we look at St. Paul, for example, and the Epistle to the Philippians, he says things that we often take for granted. I look, or sometimes I read these verses, I'm like, yeah, you know, St. Paul, it's so nice or so easy for you to say this. When he says stuff like, rejoice in the Lord, and again, I say rejoice. He says, rejoice always in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. St. Paul, it's so easy for you to say this. When he says, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. It's so beautiful, such a beautiful verse. But it's so easy for you to say this. Then I'm remembered of when St. Paul is when he says things like this. I remember that St. Paul is in a house prison in Rome and he's awaiting his trial. And his judge is a merciless tyrant. He's the emperor himself who was known to be merciless at the time. And St. Paul is the one that called for the emperor. He said, I appeal to Caesar because they're waiting for him to kill him. And this man is in this house arrest in prison and he's saying these things. And all of a sudden, I realize that these are not empty words. This man knows what could happen to him. And not only was he in the house arrest, he's also preaching to others. So he always has guards next to him. There was like 9,000 of them, like 9,000 guards. They're essentially the bodyguard of the emperor, so they're always around in Rome. And one of them would come to make sure that St. Paul is, you know, behaving well. And they would rotate. And St. Paul would use this opportunity to preach to one and the other and the other, to the point that Christianity was spreading in Rome because of the power that St. Paul had. So these words were not empty at all. So going back to St. Macarius, when he says that we have a father who is rich and the devil is poor, Often I realize that I live my, my life like this. I depend on worldly riches. I depend on material stuff. I depend on money. Yet the more money I have, the more material stuff I have, the reality is the poorer I am. Because if I I'm living based on these things and depend on these things, then I find myself that without them, I do not value much. My soul has no value. And these things in themselves, we know that they are empty. How do you know that they are empty? If I'm looking at beauty and I'm seeking beauty, there's only one thing that we are guaranteed. That beauty, physical beauty, will not last. You grow up, right? Your face starts to change, your body starts to change, and you try to hold to this beauty as much as you possibly can. I remember until this day, I'm never gonna forget this woman, because it struck me so hard. I was walking in the street, going into a store, and this woman was no less than 80 years old. Like, she's literally 80 years old and up. Makeup, like, so much dress, high heels. What are you doing? What are you holding on to? It's something that is passing away. The riches, the money, the stuff, 
I cannot bring with me in the burial ground. I cannot bring with me to heaven. They're empty in themselves. In themselves. I watch stuff. Again, I watch and I watch. I'm consuming and consuming. Even in material possessions, I want, and the more that I have, the more that I want. And you realize this. The people that are so spoiled and have everything are not happy. Because they want more. But what does that say about the thing that I'm consuming? If the thing that I'm consuming had value in itself, I would not feel the desire or the need for more. But it's empty. But what is of infinite value? What will I be able to take with me into the afterlife? It's only my soul. And when my soul is rich with God, I do not need anything. And again, we see these examples often of these poor people that have nothing. They're not even literate. They can't read. Yet somehow, by a miracle, they know their Bibles by heart. And they have this relationship with God. And truly, you go to them and they're so grateful. And you give them a sandwich, they're so happy. And they go and share it. They go and share it with others. How can you do this? Like, How is this even possible? It's because I'm rich with God. I don't need anything. And these are realities. This is not empty philosophy. It's the reality. And this is what St. Paul had. St. Paul is in prison, awaiting his trial, knowing he might die, yet he preaches. Extremely courageous. And in the Gospel of today, we read of whom? Herod the king, who seems so powerful and so rich, yet Herod the king was afraid of who? A little child that is born in a manger. But Herod, you seem so great, but in reality he is so weak. You seem so rich, but in reality he is so poor. St. Paul who seems so poor and has nothing and is being persecuted, has nowhere to lay his head like his own savior. He is the one that is rich, that is powerful. He is the one that is willing to leave everything behind. And he looks at this world and he says, it's nothing. Nobody is here like St. Paul. I'm not like St. Paul. I need my house. I need my pillow. I need my bed. I know my weakness. But at the same time, I want to grow spiritually. I want my soul to be full with God. And therefore, on a daily basis, I want to seek and interact with God. And so should you. And all of us together working, and many of us are, and that's a beautiful thing to say. So often, I try to lead people to repentance, including myself when I prepare a sermon. But the reality, I must admit, that there are so many people within this church and so many youth within this church that I am so proud of. I could not be happier to see them and see how they're really seeking Christ. Regardless of our own weaknesses, God knows and understands our weaknesses. But He says, I love you. And I'm happy that you're walking on that path. The more you're crucified with me, the more you'll be raised with me. And the more you'll enjoy life within and life eternal. And glory be to God forever. Amen.
This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.